Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Today, I am joined by Tanya Stell. Tanya, welcome. Thank you so much. Happy to be here, Amy. Well, we've been brought together by the wonderful Cindy Ashton. She is a tour de force, isn't she? She's fantastic. And she came on my show and she said, you must speak to Tanya. She needs to come on the show. And you've already connected me to people again. So the the circle continues. Yeah, we love the magic of the connections. And Cindy Ashton is a superstar. I have the honor of working with her as my media coach, and I have the honor of styling her for her occasion. Well, styling is what we're going to be talking about, or maybe not. I don't know, but I think I've got a little feeling it could be. So what is it you're doing right now, Tanya? Tell us. So hi again, everyone. I'm Tanya Sterl, founder of Sterl on Style. Um, So my favorite thing to do, the form that my work is taking now is helping people to really delve into what makes them unique, what makes them stand out, and creating a personal style that is a reflection of that potential they have inside on the outside. So it's really about styling people in tune with their goals styling people in tune with their vision for themselves and styling people to be that more fully expressed version of themselves as they evolve through their lives, through their careers, so they can advance their careers and just be seen, increase their visibility, elevate their image and influence. And you mentioned the reflection of potential. How is how does that manifest? How can you actually sort of release that potential through style? Well, we all have that light on the inside. We all have that potential on the inside. And I believe as we go through life, there's a constant evolution and change into stepping more fully into our purpose, into our passions. And the work that we choose to do, whatever form of work that is, whether it's marketing, law, fitness, (laughs) finance, right? We all have this passion we pursue because that's our area of expertise. That's where we shine. And what I like to do is to get to know that person, get to know that individual, and get to know like what's next for them. What is next for them? Is it advancing their career? Is it going for that promotion? Is it speaking on bigger stages? Is it, oh my gosh, you're leaving corporate and now you're going out on your own to found your own company or business. So it's that potential on the inside that I like to discover and ask the right questions so that I can help style that potential on the outside with the right colors, mood, look, attitude, hair, makeup, glasses, (laughs) color, accessories. This is all that outer expression of that potential that's on the inside. I like to say that style is that highest visual expression of oneself, one's potential. 
And what happens if the style is out of order, if it's in conflict with who you are? What, what difference does it make? Yeah, that's really my focus is aligning one's image with their, you know, that potential, with how they want to be seen, what they want to project and how they want to be perceived. And I find it really fascinating. I meet people where, when they're on the verge of that breakthrough or that evolution or that change, they're leveling up their career. They're, you know, or they're in a career transition or they're going for their first TEDx talk or they've published their first book and now they're being interviewed on TV. All of a sudden they're put into this spotlight and visibility that maybe they're not used to or like a Cindy Ashton, right? They're just continuing to elevate their influence and visibility. And what happens is it's like birds have feathers, animals have fur, but we as humans, we get to choose our clothing. We get to choose our covering. And just like a, you know, a bird has to molt its feathers because they're growing and changing and evolving, what happens is if that outer image, if that style doesn't match that message, that passion, that, miss it, that mission, there can be a discord, right? And yes, it's image, right? So it's our look, it's our style, it's how people see us and perceive us, but really it's also a feeling. And when that outer image, that outer expression doesn't match that way we're feeling about ourselves, when it's not aligned with that self-perception or that outer perception, there's a discord. We feel uncomfortable. We might feel like a little bit of an imposter, or we might feel that there's just a disconnect between that, you know, potential and that message we're trying to send with that outer expression. And we as humans, we're constantly evolving and changing. Thus, our style, our look uh, should be allowed to evolve and change with that. So I guess it's like any animal that sheds its skin, you know, for example, a snake will shed its skin and have a, a fresh new look. And, you know, for, uh, I'm not a keen fan of snakes, but, it, you know, it is a good sort of uh, metaphor there. But in terms of you're dressing the inside and the the inner core, you say the sort of essentially it's the why you're, you're dressing people's why they're doing what they're doing. I, when you're when you're looking at someone, does that come to you straight away or and you take them through the process and it's the same as what you initially thought or does it change for you too? So it is a little bit of a process. Um, I do have a pretty keen intuition and often my clients will say to me, wow, you're like my mirror because you saw and picked up and sensed some things that even I didn't sense about you know, this evolution that they're moving into. So, but it is a process um, It's and it's a conversation. This isn't about, oh, what's in style or what's in fashion. Here's the trend, put on the trend and now you're fashionable. That's not my approach. Yes, it is important to um, stay looking modern, up to date. It is important to look towards the trends, but it's about asking then, wait, are those trends right for me? So I do go through a process and a questionnaire, getting to know their desires, their goals. What is that current role? But what is that future goal? 
and what's coming next for them. So it's really helping them to see and step into that next chapter, that next goal, that future vision for themselves. And this works hand in hand with um, working with other coaches, right? To define that next career move or that next, you know, uh, speaker's coach to get you preened for speaking. But then there's the image component. So it is a process and it is kind of like being an image coach or a style coach. And I find once they can see it, once they can see how they look, once they're embodying that new style, once they're embodying the color, the look from head to toe, they can see it. They can see what's possible. And I like to say that once I style a person and they show up and they're visible um, on their videos or on their TEDx talks or speaking or, you know, just as simple as showing up on virtual networking events these days, we're actually showing other people what's possible by showing up for that next level. So it is a process. I go through a questionnaire again. I ask them, what is that current role? But what's that future goal? And what are those desires? What is the passion behind what they do? What is their purpose behind what they do? What is that message? And what is that mission that drives and informs uh, the work that they do? And then beyond the work, what's their personality? Are they the humorous one? Are they the serious one? Are they the activator? Are they the introvert, right? All these different personality traits that inform the visual trait of how to express that on the outside. So I do, do go through a questionnaire. I do go through a questionnaire, but it's visual. So then we do a vision board, we do a Pinterest board, and we have a visual conversation so that we can come up with that outline for that outer expression of that visual style. And it is a conversation. There is a little bit of reflection back and forth, but I want to let that person know that they're being seen, they're being heard, they're being understood, so that that it's a conversation. Again, this isn't about, oh, I'm a fashion stylist, here's the trends, put it on and you'll be trendy and fabulous, right? I want them to be in agreement like, yes, okay, but that's my job as a personal stylist is to push them in the direction of that next level them and maybe show them something they didn't think of before. It sounds amazing. And I know how important it can be to have your colors done. I had my colors done a few years ago and it totally transformed my wardrobe. Everything that wasn't in my range went out the window. And I'd always wondered why things didn't quite work because they just weren't right for me. Now you said this was the form of work that you're taking now. What was it you were doing before? So before this, I was a fashion designer for 18 years. So my, oh my gosh, and precursor to that, um, being the fashion designer, is um, when I was younger, I would sew and make my own clothes. I would play with my image and appearance. I would take on different personas and kind of play around with different expressions of my own personality. I would make two Halloween costumes so I could go out trick-or-treating twice, right? It was all about taking on and playing with um, these different expressions and sides of myself. 
On my quiet days, oh, what would that look like? On my very expressive days, uh, what would that look like? Um, so I'm grateful enough to have, have had parents that um, really saw my potential and that creative side. And I was always fascinated by people, curious about people, and then also just about the beauty and the balance that happens when someone from head to toe is just composed in the right way. The hair, the look, the colors from head to toe. So I would draw and sketch people and figures from head to toe. Thus, that informed uh, my passion to go in to fashion design. So that was my schooling. That was my uh, college and career. I grew up outside Chicago, the northwest suburbs of Chicago in Libertyville. Went to school at UW-Madison, and then I made the leap to New York City in 1994 to pursue my dreams in fashion. So even for me, there was that evolution. Uh, loved where I grew up. I was a nature kid. A little bit of a tomboy, too. I loved climbing trees and playing soccer, um, but also was always designing clothes for my Barbie dolls. And they were these like independent rock stars and owned their own businesses and drove around in their cars. Um, and fashion design really allowed me to release my creativity. I worked for different companies in fashion design over my 18 years. And I learned the craft from pattern making, sewing, draping, curating, and designing a collection, a women's wear collection, um, that now translates to curating an individual person's collection. So 18 years of fashion design, I learned fabric, I learned fit, theme, mood, but all in tune with that target client that we were designing for her lifestyle. Um, so yeah, fashion design, oh my gosh, the sky's the limit. And I did have fun also designing uh, for like some independent musicians, um, some people that were a little bit more avant-garde artists, like you name it. I just love to um, design for a person's lifestyle. So this is, I mean, it's incredible that you've actually lived your passion because I don't, you don't hear many people that from a very early age knew what they wanted to do, pursued it, and, and weren't held back at any point? Or was that the case? Were you held back by anything? So it's interesting because I've always been creative. I've always been imaginative with um, my own look, my own image. And in high school, I didn't follow the crowd. I was my own person. And I honestly, I was on the receiving end of a little bit of bullying about that. I had short hair. Um, I wasn't getting the curves like the other, you know, girls in school were with the long flowing hair and the, the curvy body. Um, so I was on the receiving end of some bullying, but it didn't prevent me from being who I am because I couldn't be other than who I was, right? That more creative one who like to experiment and dabble. Um, and it was, I'm very grateful to one of my literature teachers in high school, whose assignment was to write about someone uh, we admired, either in current history or in past history. And this was in the 90s. And I would flip through the pages of Vogue magazine 
And it was the era of the supermodels, Naomi Campbell, Christy Turlington, and Linda Evangelista. And once I discovered Linda Evangelista, I said, oh, I can embrace my version of beautiful. She had short hair. She had this long, strange, interesting nose. She would go from red hair to blonde hair to black hair. She was always changing her look. Um, and so she was, she was kind of my hero or my shero, so to speak at that time. And I said, oh, okay. I don't have to fit in to validate myself. I don't have to fit in to be quote unquote beautiful. I can find my version of being unique and that's what makes me beautiful. So that was the, um, that was a little bit of a kick and inspiration to pursue fashion and use fashion to express myself and accept myself. And I also went on to pursue modeling. I did modeling. Um, once I went to New York City, I did some runway, I did some print. And honestly, there was a point in my life where I thought showing up, you know, fun and confident and fabulous, I actually thought it was making other people feel bad because then I got on the receiving end of oh, you're so skinny, I wish I could be you, or you're so tall and thin, I wish I could be you, or I actually had one woman say to me once, if only I could put my head on your body, my boyfriend would love me. And I, like, it, it pained me for her, but it also, I said, oh gosh, I'm making people feel badly by looking confident and feeling fabulous. So I actually hid behind the scenes of fashion design for years. I stopped modeling because I thought I was making people feel badly for it. So I have to say, I've had this up and down and this ebb and flow of my own journey. And then I said, you know what? Each of us has to embrace our own version of fabulous. And that's what I'm here to do. And that's different for everyone. I don't care if you're, it doesn't matter if you're four foot six. I have clients who are four foot six to six foot two and everything in between, every color of the rainbow, every, you know, diverse background, every pursuit, every passion. And that would be, you know, that's my learning lesson. Don't dull your own light. Actually, by showing up and owning what makes you different, owning what makes you special and going out there and showing the world, you're actually showing other people what's possible. It's so interesting because you, you talked right at the beginning about being a mirror for people and sort of reflecting what they want to see by helping them to see what's inside them. And then you you also talked just then about how you were, I guess, reflecting somebody's imperfections or insecurities. And that then filtered into your whole way of thinking for a period of time, not forever, obviously, but for, for to, to the point that it took you into behind the scenes and, and sort of took yourself out of center stage. What does being center stage for you mean now? And are you still center stage or are you sort of still are you still behind the scenes helping others become center stage? Well, I was I am currently embracing the center stage. My visibility inspires others. So I have a YouTube channel. I am on Instagram. I'm constantly putting out, you know, how-to videos on how to embrace your beauty, embody your style, love what makes you different. And 
I have, before I met Cindy Ashton, I have someone else to thank for that. I had been in the fashion industry for 18 years and it was about eight years ago, eight, nine years ago, I was ready for a change. And, you know, the fashion design, I love, I love, love, love my 18 years experience, but the fashion calendar gets rigorous. You have to crank out another collection. You're working nine to nine, you're putting on the shows. And I'm very grateful to this one woman who was director of a nonprofit at the time. And she said, you know what, Tanya, I can sense you're, you're ready for a change. She says, I see your potential. She was a, a life coach. And she was also, um, she was doing both life coaching and director of a nonprofit. She said, come speak to our group, come speak to our ladies. And it's a nonprofit based here in New York city called savvy ladies. Uh, the founder is Stacy Francis of Francis financial. And then the director was Kara power. And we met at a dinner and we we're chatting away and grateful for her. Cause she pulled out my passion and reflected it back to me. She said, come speak to our group. I'm sure the women would love to hear about how investing their, in their image, about how investing in their image can help them give them the confidence to advance their careers, um, make more money, ask for more money, um, you know, really help women to level up. It was the first time I was doing a public speaking engagement and I was terrified. I didn't realize how nervous, like, if you see me at a party, I'm like the life of the party. I love bouncing around the room, uh, feeding off people's energy, keeping the energy going. But when the spotlight is on me and the room is quiet and all eyes are on me, I have no idea the level of stage fright I had. So luckily I worked with um, speakers, coaches and communication coaches then. And one of the biggest things I learned was you end up being more of a conduit for the information. Yes, you're you, but it's more you become this channel and the storyteller for this information that's going to benefit your audience. And you kind of step into this avatar. So I would step into this avatar of like the wise owl. And that would ground me. That would make me, you know, my posture feel good. So I did have to overcome my fear of public speaking. And it was that first presentation I did. And I said, does anyone have any questions? And I think half of the audience raised their hands. And then women lined up to speak to me afterwards about, you know, I'm a little bit fuller on top and I get a little self-conscious about what I wear. Or, gosh, I have this big interview coming up. What do you suggest? Or do these glasses look good on me? Or can I show up on the interview with curly hair? These questions that women had about their image. And I thought, gosh, I take it for granted that I know how to dress myself and my figure and my body. That was the turning point for me. I said, how can I empower women and infuse that with my love of fashion and style? Thus, creating Sterl on Style getting certified as an image consultant, personal stylist was born. And to your point, stepping into that spotlight, because I knew that by me stepping into that spotlight, spreading this message of accept who you are, show up, be bold, be visible, is um, helping women. I wasn't helping women by hiding behind the scenes.
And you talk about the right at the beginning, you talked about the inner potential and what we're all capable of. And often we don't even see that. And you've mentioned just then that actually it took someone else to to show you again, you know, almost what your your calling was. I, I find it fascinating. And this, you're not the first person that so many people, and I'm included here, you just don't see it. You're so in the frame. You don't see the picture. You know, it really is unbelievable how we just, I'm not stumble through life, but but we just go through life without realizing that we have all the tools. We have this incredible superpower, but we just don't see it. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's where um, I can proudly say that at the time this is being recorded, I turned 49 in March. And that's where I see with each new decade and age that we turn, it is good to turn to a mentor, a coach, um, you know, a colleague that has either been through something similar before or someone we just really trust that sees us and our truth and our potential. And that's changed for me over the years from 21 to 31 to 49. Um, it's changed over the years and I'm grateful enough to have an amazing network of women, especially after going into business for myself. It's all about networking. Just an amazing network of women that I've been able to tap into and for support, for that confidence and meeting those people along the way that when I felt like the form my work was going to be changing, found the people that, you know, helped guide me through that. And I want to pick up on that word confidence because confidence is seen in so many different perspectives and you're looking for external validation, but you're also needing to have that internal drive to sort of to pull yourself through and be confident within yourself. What does fashion mean in terms of confidence? So what fashion means in terms of confidence is fashion is the tool. Fashion is the tool that we can use to give us that confidence. And it's very interesting in the um, workshops, in the webinars, in the seminars, in the events that I've been hosting, all these virtual events I've been hosting in the last year, and also in the past live events that I've spoken at for corporations, for entrepreneurial groups, what comes up time and time again is that people have used their clothing or their outfit as their armor. They've actually said, yes, that suit, that got me through that interview. Or um, most of my clients are women. Um, I work with women because I was a fashion designer for women's wear. So that's my area of expertise. Um, women and female identified uh, people. Um, but I find it very interesting that time and time again, I especially hear from women that say, gosh, that was my armor that got me through corporate world because it was such a male dominated industry that suit was my armor or that dress was my armor or they had a certain you know outfit that was their power outfit that would give them that confidence to lead that board meeting or you know executives and CEOs that had to get their team or company through a difficult time or one of my clients who is on track for partner of an accounting firm and she needed her, her clothing as that armor, that confidence to get her through the interview process. Um, so that's what I find that's interesting. To me, 
it's like, oh gosh, it, it, it's kind of makes me a little sad to think, oh gosh, our clothing needs to be our armor. Like what's up with the outside world that we need this tough exterior to get through it. But I also see it as an asset and a benefit. Uh, one of my favorite quotes is by Alexander McQueen, the late great Alexander McQueen. He's one of my favorite all-time fashion designers. And he says he, he wants people to be afraid of the women he dresses, right? And that uh, Bill Cunningham, who's a, the late great Bill Cunningham, who's a famous photographer, says uh, clothing, I'm not quoting it exact, but clothing is the armor that gets us through everyday life. So on those days you're feeling shaky or on those days you're transitioning into that you know, next career level or showing up for that interview or showing up for that TEDx talk. I styled a woman for her TEDx talk. You've got one shot to get that right. That is living on video forever for everyone to view and watch. So in a way, yes, fashion is the tool. Fashion is that tool to create that outer confidence. And for many, it does become our armor to get through that day, to get through that speaking engagement, to get through that interview on the other side of it. But I like to say that instead of your armor, look at it as your fashion formula. What is that fashion formula, which I help a client define, that gives you that confidence? And it's different for everyone. For some people, it is the power suit. For some people, it's a beautiful soft blouse matched with a pencil skirt. For others, it's a bomber jacket and combat boots, right? So I like to call it a fashion formula, um, but that definitely is that power outfit that gives you that confidence. It's really interesting. And talking about lockdown and how we've all been very conscious of how we look in, in our sort of rectangular space that we share. And there's been a lot of jokes about, oh, nobody's wearing anything below the waist because they don't need to worry about it. But what you're saying there essentially is actually the whole person, even if you're not showing it on screen, it makes a massive difference in how you feel because it is that, that full armor from head to toe that makes a difference. Yeah, and it is the full person. I focus on, first I focus on the profession the personal brand, that executive presence. I do focus on image as it relates to a person's profession and career, because after all, uh, we want to thrive. We want to, um, you know, make the money that allows for our definition of our quality of life. So yes, by I always start with the professional image because that's what's defining that person's career how they're gonna be making money, how much money they're gonna be making. It, it really encompasses and shows their value. This way they can advance their careers, make the money that they are dreaming of so that they can live their dream life. But to your point, it does take the whole person. So there are many expressions of ourselves. When we're not at work, what does downtime look like? So I like to say that I love to style a person's life style. When that Zoom is turned off, do you get to kick off the shoes and put on the slippers? But are they a beautiful, luxurious pair of slippers, right? So even if we're off camera, using style, I like to define the, the three pillars of style as self-care, 
self-confidence and self-expression. So it does take the whole person. Do you have that like fun, luxurious, you know, head to toe version of a sweatpants outfit or a cashmere robe? Or what are the, what is the style that you're using when you're off camera, just in your lifestyle? To your point during COVID and lockdown, our homes became everything. They became the classroom, the office, the dinner table, the at-home restaurant, the, <laughs> the mini staycation, they became everything. So a way to delineate your day was to put on different outfits that inform that different part of your day. Okay, you're on Zoom, I call that showtime. What's your showtime outfit? But then if you're just having a behind the scenes day, it might be more writing, it might be um, you know, more research. What is that outfit that activates that writing or research? Is it a more comfortable pair of shoes? Is it a softer sweater? Is it a stretchier, cozier pair of pants? So there's, there's different levels of using style as that self-care, self-confidence, and self-expression. But style can also be seen as self-care. Do you have lovely pajamas that you can slip into at night? Or are you celebrating a milestone birthday? Are you turning 40, 50, 60, 70? And what is that style? What is that outfit that is expressing you at that age for that special occasion? So it is about identifying all those expressions of a person and styling your lifestyle. Uh, yeah, I absolutely love what you're saying here. It's, it's amazing, Tanya. And going back to Alexander McQueen, because I, 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 there's a fantastic documentary that I watched about him. Seeing, seeing his life and, and how he was essentially a tortured soul, you know, in so many ways, but so, so talented. And you talked about how he was afraid of women he dresses and and just such a tragic life cut short. But why has fashion got that extremity of being, you know, pretty torturous, really grew, sort of grueling from that perspective when it is so important, as you've been sharing today, for what it actually gives us, gives everybody? Mm -hmm. So I'll speak to that in perhaps two points of view. So um, with, I, I will speak to Alexander McQueen, because I too watched many documentaries, read a lot about his life. He's a creative. He was a creative soul first, and he chose to channel, he chose fashion as his medium to channel his creativity, just like some creatives choose to be painters, or some creatives choose to be uh, a cellist or a writer. So he chose fashion, and he really channeled different, um, my gosh, different eras of history. One of his last collections was about the future. If our planet was overrun by, you know, just water and aquatic life, he actually did another show about grotesqueness. And so he really just explored history, society, psychology, and he chose fashion as his medium of expression. So oftentimes when you watch the runways, when you watch fashion shows and the runways, that's fashion, what I call fashion fantasy hour. The high-end fashion runways, that is just, let's put on a show. It's entertainment. It's fantasy. Um, sometimes it can be hyper-reality. 
uh, you know, what, what are these extreme versions or, um, you know, of, of the feminine or, you know, or not, or of, you know, being unisex or not defining a certain uh, sexuality. So the, the, the fashion, which is why some people are intimidated by the word fashion. I actually hosted a clubhouse last week and people are like, fashion, I'm so intimidated by fashion. Fashion, high-end fashion, the magazines, the runways. Yes, that's the fantasy. Look to them because that's what the rock stars are going to be wearing. The movie stars are going to be wearing on the red carpet. Um, and that's where fashion designers really get to express their fantasies. And it becomes entertainment. It becomes aspirational. But what I challenge the listeners to do is look at that fashion fantasy and what is an element of it you could incorporate into your life. If Jean-Paul Gaultier is doing a hand-stitched, cheetah print suede dress from head to toe, no, it literally doesn't mean you're going out and you know buying that and wearing it to work the next day, but maybe it's a cheetah print handbag or maybe it's a cheetah print purse you know, or shoe. So look to that fashion fantasy but don't be afraid to extract some of the cues and make it you. And it doesn't always have to be extravagant and out there and fabulous. It could be subtle. It could be understated. Um, it could be as simple as a style of like a Diane Keaton with her fun button down shirts and man tailored inspiration or a Michelle Obama with her glamorous dresses and her sleeveless dresses. My goodness, look at her. She's bearing her arms, and I joke here in the U.S., we have the right to bear arms. So she was just practicing that, <laughs> her bare arms as a woman, but that was so shocking. So really look to fashion as this fashion fantasy, but take cues from it and see how you can just translate it down and find one fun thing that really speaks to you and how you can express yourself. Oh, great answer. And I loved, I love your play on words there with the bearing of arms. It's just brilliant. And I'm a big fan <laughs> of bearing of arms in bright colored dresses as all of my branding is, is exactly that. So no big, big fan there. Tanya, what's coming next? Where, where are you going next from here? So that's a very interesting question for me because I did just turn 49 and I'm coming off a year of lockdown and COVID. So the form that my work uh, took last year changed. I was doing live speaking engagements. I was in the store shopping. I was in clients' closets and wardrobes. I was traveling. All that had to put on pause. So last year, I translated to virtual, virtual styling sessions, virtual events, vir virtual seminars and workshops. And it actually expanded my business. So now I'm working with clients across the country. Um, I'm doing uh, presentations and virtual workshops for people in Europe, across the world. So it's actually expanded my business. But what's coming up for me now at 49, I'm looking at like this 49 to 55, is anchoring more into, um, it is about the personal style, but it is about getting to know that person's life and styling their lifestyle getting to know their goals, their dreams, their vision, and actually helping them to create that visual map for that quality of life. What is that vision 
for their life and how do they want to be living that lifestyle? Now that they have that career defined, now that they have the work, what are those other expressions and facets of themselves that are maybe going unexpressed? We're the worker, we're the caretakers, but what are those other expressions? Are you an advocate? Are you an artist? Are you a dancer? Are you a traveler? So I'm seeing the form of my work taking as being this style coach and really styling people for their lifestyles, showing them how to express themselves more fully, giving themselves permission to, helping them see what that looks like. I always start with a vision boarding session with my clients in tune with their lifestyle, but now I'm expanding it. I want to see that vision for travel, for their ideal home, for, um, you know, just what does that life look like for them and how can I style their lifestyle in tune with that? So again, the work that the form that my work is taking is taking on that fuller expression. It's always informed my work through the, the years, but I'm really um, expanding on that and really putting that to the forefront. Well, it sounds amazing. And I look forward to following you in, in your style on style or style or style, whichever way you, <laughs> you have it, it, it works always. It's fantastic. So how would people get in contact with you, Tanya? Yes, absolutely. So the best thing, if you are at a point where you're feeling like you're going through your own evolution, and you're not sure what's next for you, or your clothes, your image just isn't feeling like it's matching up to who you are now or where you're going next, you can connect with me through my website, sterlonstyle.com. Just click on the link. We can book a discovery call like this over the phone or over Zoom. And for just relevant inspiration, styling tips, encouragement, uh, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. It's all at Sterl on Style. And I'd love to connect uh, professionally through LinkedIn as well. So again, it's Tanya Sterl at Sterl on Style. And also you mentioned Clubhouse. So don't forget how people can connect with you there too. Yes, I started a new club, Sterl on Style. And I do that weekly Thursdays. Oh, it might get a little late for... <laughs> For England time, I've been doing it Thursdays at 7 p.m. And I'm going to be uh, hosting an IG Live Fridays at 10 a.m. So those are other ways you can tune in. And you can tune into my YouTube channel. Uh, look at Tanya Sterl, Sterl on Style on YouTube. I always have great uh, videos and tips there. Fantastic. Well, they'll all go in the show notes so people know where to connect. And I don't think there's there's any sort of too late times. I've got up at silly o'clock in the morning to join clubhouse rooms just so that I can don't miss out. I think that that initial sort of FOMO has has sort of petered out now. But right at the beginning, I was like, I need to be part of this conversation. And it's at 3 a.m. in the morning for me. But hey, you know, let's do this. But yeah, I, I'm much more strategic in my clubhouse rooms now but thank you so much it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you today and having this lesson on fashion and and seeing you know what why you are in pursuit of the, of the work that you do because it really does make a difference for us to have this outer clothing and being able to share and, and change and evolve as you say what's next for us what's our next chapter of, of what we can do it's a constant evolution you said so fantastic have you got some final words for us, please, Tanya? So for those of you listening, it's just dare yourself. Dare to wear something new. Dare to be 
genuinely you tap into those inner expressions that are maybe scratching at the door going, Hey, (laughs) what about this? Or what about me? Or just give yourself permission to show up being genuinely uniquely you, because what makes you unique makes you different. And what makes you different makes you memorable. And again, by shining a light on what makes you different, you're going to inspire other people to do the same. Thank you for listening to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave me a five-star Apple podcast review. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook, and become a member of my inspiring, uplifting, and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. I help people to focus on their why with clarity, uniting their passion with their purpose with a plan to create the life they truly desire. If you would like me to help you focus on your why, then please book a free 20-minute coaching call via candidly.com forward slash Amy Rowlandson. And if you haven't already, please sign up for the Friday Focus weekly newsletter via my website, amyrowlandson.com. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why.